Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here. Welcome to the LPN Show. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Today's guest. Oh my goodness, I met her for the first time at Henry Zabrowski's Halloween Bash, but it wasn't the first time I saw her. The first time I saw her was a hit feature film called Too Late, which I highly recommend. This movie was such a pleasant surprise. It was about stand-up comedy, and so initially I'm like, nope, traumatized, PTSD, not gonna watch it. But then I saw Ron Lynch was in it, and then people were like, it's scary, and it's kind of fun. I was like, all right, fine, I'll watch it, and I'll suffer through remembering my past, which was doing comedy in small coffee shops where nobody gave a shit. She was so fantastic in that. And so when I saw her, I was like, oh my God. And of course, I'm talking about Alyssa Limparis. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful introduction. That was so nice. Wait, so you have a traumatizing experience with stand-up. How long did you do it? When did you do it? I did stand-up for many years. I mean, I did stand-up for probably 20 years, Ah! something like that. I mean, I still do it. We go on, we go on the road, you know, we right, do right. our podcast. Right, right, but now is it so fun because it's like you do, the difference between doing it for people who are like excited to see yeah. you versus like interrupting <laughs> someone's date, you oh know, my being God. like, surprise, it's me. <laughs> there is nothing worse. I was doing a show out in Queens. This <gasps> random dude just booked me. I was like, yeah, absolutely, of course, I'll go get drunk anywhere. And it was the middle of somebody's anniversary dinner. No, no, no. That's and the they thing. were they were like literally were like, and now the comedy show is about to start at eight oh five. And when they told them that they hadn't yet been served their meal, because you could tell they were like, can we get the fuck out? Like, how do we get out of here? And then it just begins in the oh. middle of this little ass place, much like uh, the ca- uh, the cafe in Too Late. Oh, and they looked so mad. They were so angry. And then of course the first comedians are just up there, and then they feel defensive. So then they just started making fun of this couple who was trying to have an anniversary. Of course, Queens. of so, course. Anyway, there is nothing. There is nothing worse than a pop-up comedy show that no one else knows is happening except for you and the book. Even when you're at a, a restaurant trying to have a nice meal or on a date, and like live music starts playing, even sometimes that you're like, "Oh, I wasn't. I didn't know that was happening." Oh my god! A comedy show uh, where you are like an active participant, and maybe they're going to take shots at you. It couldn't be further from what you want when you're going to have a meal. It is the single worst thing any restaurant could ever do. Could ever do. 
Oh, please. and so keep okay. them to the comedy clubs. Now you, I had a similar one. I think it was uptown. It was like I don't know, like in the two hundreds. It was so high up, a really long subway ride. My dad were you had died. in New York City for a while as well? Yes. Oh, okay. so I same deal. I started in New York City right out of college, doing stand up and UCB stuff. I started with UCB stuff, and okay. then. Cause I did improv in college. So I was like, Oh, I like this. I'll keep doing it. Sure. Then I kind of got the bug of like, ah, I want to be able to do something on my own. So I started doing stand up, and I don't know, I, I wasn't really finding my way quite yet. Yeah. And then my dad died. Yeah. I came back. I was like, I'm not going to do, I had terrible jokes beforehand, but I was like, especially I'm not going to do these now that they don't mean anything. I just watched my dad die. I can't do whatever stupid misdirects I was doing before. Right. Right. And one of my first shows was the same thing. It was really far uptown. I barely had any jokes written. I was just kind of like, it was, it was just this old couple. I remember they were so old and they were eating pasta. Oh. And I went on with half-baked premises about my dad dying, right. just ruining their entire meal. And I remember getting on the subway back being like, I think I'm done. I think, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I think I've ruined enough lives. I'm, I'm good. And I think, yeah, I stopped for a long time after that. Cause I was just like, no, this isn't, this couldn't be what I wanted to. <laughs> yes. And of course, your father, he was a man named Jim from all accounts, basically your accounts on your Instagram, which I stalked. Yes. Uh, he seemed like a wonderful man. Yeah, he was says, cool. Uh, he was a sheet metal salesman, which is like one of those jobs that's so, it's kind of like cute. It's like, oh, that's nice. I know. Did you guys grew up in like black and white television set? Like, yeah, exactly. I, you never think about like a sheet, I'm a sheet metal salesman. You're like, oh, I, well, oh, wow. I what forget that that profession exists. Right, right. It feels like from a different era. Yeah. my I, And my grandpa was a salesman, so I come from like a line of- uh, yeah, salespeople. I I cold called for a job once. And I think that was the proudest my dad ever was of me because he was like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that must have been uh, trying, of course, obviously going through the loss of your father, I mean, just devastating. And then having to go and continue your career in, in, yes. in comedy, yes. you know, which obviously it's cliche, but- a lot of laughter comes through pain. Yes. Was your was your father supportive of you doing comedy? Was he like, wow, this is amazing? Or was he like, you're not following in the sheet metal business <laughs> yeah. the way Papa Jim wants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say he, he was very funny. And like, I learned a lot of my comedy from him. Uh, he could have been a great comedian. Like, I think he, you know, and sales is comedy too. You know, you're trying people, you're trying. It's very similar. You're, it is. Uh, but so I think he was always very on board with me doing it. Uh, but I think he was a very like uh str- like he was I he was really wanting to make sure that I had yes. safety nets, structure, resume building things. I don't think he was ever on board for like just jump in and try it out. It was very like, how many do you have plans and what what's your kind of stability? Where's that gonna come from? Right. And and those things don't really exist in the right. entertainment industry <laughs> for a very, very long time, if they ever do. No, right. It's almost yeah, exactly. So you went through that experience yep. and then you went back to doing comedy. Had things changed for you at that point then? Were you like, as you mentioned, you were kind of maybe just doing more throwaway jokes, which we all had, making jokes about buttholes, whatever it might be, who cares? Yeah. Which can be fantastic. Yeah. Love a good butthole joke. Right. They're Always fun. Done. And Great. it's good to start out that way. Yeah. Did you, uh, so did you kind of alter your your career trajectory after yeah. after the passing where you're like, all right, I've, I'm going to do this. I'm doing this shit and I'm going to, I mean, you can say you're going to be successful until the cows come home, but it, it, it just takes a lot of work and other people have to be involved as well. Yes. No, I think that that's it. I think it was twofold. I think one, the immediate change was the only way I was comfortable doing stand-up was if I was talking about this experience because it was just so it was I, you know, I lived at home for a year. So it's like mm. I lived in the suburbs for a year, didn't speak and now to this many. was Massachusetts? Yeah, Seacock yeah. Mass. Um, 
with my brother and my mom. So it was just like, Oh man, that must've been hard. It was, it was hard and really beautiful. I'm so the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, I was so lucky to get to spend a year with my dad, you know, before he died, especially with COVID, you know, hearing so many people who had to fucking like lose their parents from an iPad or something. I'm like, Oh my God. I saw it. There was something that the nurses do now where they fill two gloves with warm water. Not the gloves. Not the gloves. Make, the gloves got me. It, it's so sad. I was like, this is, I. it's so, you know, that thing of like, someone always has it worse. Just be like, oh, I was so, lo-. like the gloves thing is so fucking tragic and yeah. brutal. I so can't you got to imagine. be with him during that time. Yes. How does that inform your life now? I think it really, uh, I think. Yeah. So stand up wise, it became like, I can only talk about this thing. So I ended up doing a solo show and like only, only doing stand up when people knew they were coming to see a show about death. Okay. So that helped me to be like, I'm not going, cause I, I couldn't do bar shows. And it was like, I want to do this, but I want people to be able to make the choice to be on board versus of me. course. So yeah. that was really nice. And I did that. And then, and what was the name of that show? It's called no bad days. Oh, okay. And I love actually that. I'm, um, I'm, Touring that, I'm re-touring that starting in December. So I'll be on the road. Hell yeah. Touring that. No bad days. And do you have do you have the dates and stuff like that? Yeah, I have some dates. We'll I can... put those, we'll put that in the description of the show as yeah. well. So try to get some butts in seats for no bad days. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just a show about, you know, losing my dad and his optimism throughout the entire experience. Yeah. But then that must the other have been, piece that must have been really interesting. Because I know a lot of times the person who is suffering the most is the one who has to put on the bravest face. Yes. Um, so that must have been. You never know how you're going to act towards the end. And I like to think I'll be stoic, but I'll probably be screaming and, you know, just kind of throwing my shit on the wall. I'll I'll just go crazy. Well, I think that that's good. I think that that's good. I think I I talk about that a bit in the show, but I think sometimes Massachusetts being tight is not always the best thing. I think it would be good to have some screaming or shit on the wall throwing. (laughs) um, But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hospice nurse said this, which is... um, you think that you're going to like change or people are going to change like, Oh, but once death comes or is knocking, like that's when every, like, but she's like, no, people just become more and more themselves as Hmm. they you're up towards death. And I'm like, right. Of course. Think of when you're like scared or nervous, you don't like change. You get, you know, all your worst. Well, you know, you get more like yourself. You, yeah. I usually fall asleep. (laughs) I, if I was an animal, I would be the goat, uh, the, the fainting goat. Because that's kind of what I do. If like you know, if I'm in a high stress situation, I'll just. I swear to God, if the plane was crashing, I would fall asleep. No way! That's I incredible. I'm that's just evolutionarily like, great. Yes, I can't handle. My body is just like time to go to bed, dude. There's a lot of stress happening right now, and, and I feel like that's, that's what I'll do. Crazy because I <laughs> I would love that. I'm the opposite. I'm like let's be awake for all of it forever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. So you got back and you were doing. You did your one woman show. And, and that was, and that started, and then so you, you did that, you started that again in New York. I did that in New York and cause it was just, it became like the only way I'm going to be able to do, to do stand up in any capacity is to talk about. It. And then eventually I started writing jokes again, normally, but sure. I had to like get all of that out of my system. And the way I did it was via this show. Yeah. Just, you kind of even hinted to this, but which is a good instinct, but it definitely, I remember changed. It made me be like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Like yeah. when you're that close to it, you're kind of like. Which I think the pandemic is doing for people too, where mm-hmm. you just kind of get a glimpse of like this shit's short, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we there's not a uh, there's just not a lot of uh, time. So there if isn't. you want so if you want to do something, you should go do it. So then I started acting a lot more because I was like, I want to act. That's what I like doing. I've been yeah. putting it off, and so 
then that's when I think I pivoted to that. That's fantastic. I know it is funny. I mean, do you ever get the feeling like there's something about death that's very liberating? Yes. Not to be like macabre, but there's something about like, we're all dead, right? We're just waiting to get there. So do whatever the fuck you want to do. Don't hurt people. And, but don't worry. Like, obviously, yeah, again, don't, don't hurt people, but you just do whatever you want to do. And people might judge you or whatever, but at the end of the day, they actually don't even care. No. Because they're all worried about their own inevitable doom. Yes. So it's kind of liberating in a strange way. It is. It is liberating because it's like, I, uh, yeah, instead of looking at life as like, uh, I just looked at life as like a hundred years and you do this and you do this. And, and then I don't know. I was like, no, of course that's not it. It could get chopped at any time. It's just yeah. a little window. We're here for a little, it's just a little window. So and small. so it's okay if you're not following the structure of your friends or what. I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely liberated me of like, yeah, I'm not really on a path that, you know, maybe I thought I'd be on when I was younger, but yeah. whatever. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I was not on the path of any of my friends. I'm 40 yeah. and I'm, I have two dogs and I love them. Yeah. That's it. But uh, I am now currently going through all of my friends' divorces. <laughs> So all of my friends who got married and like did the air quotes right thing. And now all of <laughs> I can't tell you how many last like two years ago was this was weddings. Yes. And uh, thankfully, everyone, every wedding that I went to, all of those people are still together. But then it was every high school friend of mine. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm got it. I've gotten so many like divorce memos and I'm like, OK, we let's go through this together. Totally. But it is funny because there is no answer. There is no, no like this is how you do it and everything is going to be fine. And at the end of the day, like I'm fine if people want to. Like procreate young, yeah. but I think have a kid when you're old because I don't want to travel when I'm old. I'm like done. No, totally. When I'm done traveling, I'm done, and I'll be like, if I'm seventy, I can take care of a toddler. We're like the same. Totally, totally. And yeah, it, I, I, it really. Li- I think the death really liberated me to be like, I'm done with like shoulds. I stopped doing anything that I like should have been doing, yeah. and that was. I was very. I was a very rule follower kid, yeah. so I was very like. So it helped me be like, fuck it. I'm not gonna like. I don't, if I don't want to do something, I'm, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm, yeah. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. So you got into acting, and obviously with UCB, you were already doing acting. I mean, improv. Kind of, but yeah. I'm not a huge... I'm not a huge fan of the UCB structure in many ways, Yeah. but when you got into acting and you started going on auditions and stuff, what was that process like for you? Because that can be harrowing in its own way, believe it or not, Yes. auditions can be fucking cruel as shit. Totally. Uh, I think it was a slow, I kind of had an interesting, kind of much like you guys with this, you know, it's like, I, 
I actually did. I didn't go on auditions for, it was more that I got this job where I could make my own videos at Condé Nast. Yes. So I started making videos and I started making videos on my own. And then awesome. I, so it was almost like I already did all that before I went yeah. on the audition route. That's almost more new, like maybe the past three years or something. So auditions are yeah, brutal and tough, but it was nice that in that vulnerable time in my life after my dad died and I was figuring myself out, I, I wasn't going into auditions. I was just making stuff. So I think that helped yeah. to, I think I would have not been able to take bad auditions well in those first years out of the, yeah. And and, and that's, what's so great about the small de-democratization of media and entertainment in general. Like totally. obviously some of your videos I know did very well. Um, you have, uh, there's like some mom character work that I watched. I watched one video that I really loved because it was about football yes. and uh, it was the courtroom judge, Joe judge, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was very funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, so speaking of that, and maybe just for our audience as well, who maybe want to get into entertainment, and don't really know how to do it. Um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who was like, I want to do acting. And then obviously you were able to have some, you know, access, uh, you know, to uh, the tech and everything, but it's, it's pretty easy to get nowadays. Anyway, what kind of advice would you give to someone who was like, I want to do this shit. How do you just jump in? Yeah, it's easier I'm, said than done. I guess it is easier said than done. I, I think macro level, my main thing that I'm big on is like control. You can like, you can't, control whether you're being paid to do a certain art. Like maybe you really want to get on a TV show or maybe you want to be in a movie or, or do something, but really what you want to do is like act. Right. So you can control that. So the yes. part that you can control, do that. And then the only piece that's missing is, all right, it'd be nice if I were on a big set or it'd be nice if I were making a lot of money, but at least I'm doing the, the one integral piece, which is like expressing myself or doing my art or being, you know, vulnerable or or not vulnerable or being funny whatever it is that you're really drawn mm -hmm. to you can do that because of the technology we have so do that and then the other stuff it'll take the power then it's like yeah that stuff would be nice but mm -hmm. at the end of the day at least you still did the thing you wanted to do yeah and i think that's such a great point it's you have control over what you can do and that is it yeah and then also it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes you get a job and you're like this sucks <laughs> right. you're like, I hate i'm, it I'm sure there's second. a whole other set of problems on right if you're yeah so yeah i mean and then i'm a big fan too of i'm, I'm sure you even though we both have some scar tissue i do think like live comedy is such a good way to find your voice i Absolutely. think live comedy really helped me figure out what i how i found myself to be funny and what i yeah it's, it's and it's nice to I think it's nice to eat shit on stage too. That helps you too. Be like, you're going to do it. So yeah. Yeah. That helps. In I mean, audition. if you're really talented, you'll do it as your closer. Yeah. <laughs> because that is a, that's a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. So bring out the pile of shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I with know. UCB and, uh, and stand up, you're right. It is so crucial to find your voice. And then once you can do stand up, like UCB, they always talk about the tool belt. I took, yes. I took level one. Well, and then I said, I'm good. I can't do this anymore because everyone treated me like a tree. No. And I was like, are we going to improv like I'm a tree again? Oh, this is great. I love this. Wait, wait, wait. You <laughs> mean physically? You you mean people would label you a tree? I was a tree in, a, in most scenes, which was also <laughs> oh, my first role. I which you is also spiritually. My, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, which is also my first role I was ever booked at for the Shoestring Family Players in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Me and my grandmother, we were trees. But I was little. I was no. a little tree then. I was a shrub. But anyway, uh, when it comes to going on stage and having that stand-up ability and having that in like in your what is it, quiver, um, you'll never be scared. Like there's no situation that is as scary yes. as going up in front of four fucking people. Agreed. Agreed. I will go up in front of 10,000 and be like, this is very nice. Yes. Because four people 
is the scariest thing ever, 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 ever. And so, yeah, you, there is a, yeah. And I remember the first time, I mean, it's scary. You're like, you feel like it's heartbreak. You can't believe what's happening. It's terrible. And then once you get over it, that's great. Now you know how it feels. You're like, all right. Yeah. Yep. And once you see everybody else bond that, you know, it's really nice. Totally. (laughs) And because you're like, oh, this is part of it. This is just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So just going through, there's a great article on Alyssa. Again, I'm talking with Alyssa Limparis. Uh, check out everything that she does. She is just wonderful. But there's this great article in the Wall Street Journal that you did that I thought was very inspiring. And it starts with you talking about when you were younger and you had a medical issue when you were like 12 years old. And I'm wondering how that also, not to take my question from before, but how did that inform your, um, uh, you know, desire to act? Because, I mean, you can tell our audience, but Apparently you woke up, you had a fever and then you went to the doctor and things weren't like great. Yeah, it was so weird. It was my grandma had, she was like sick in the hospital and she ended up passing away and we went to like stay over in the hospital that night. Yeah. And then I went home and then the next morning I like woke up and I couldn't move my legs and I couldn't, yeah, oh my I couldn't God. move. That must have been freaking horrifying, horrifying for a 12 year old. I mean, for any age. Right. But God. I just remember the terror. It's, uh, you know, you're like, what's happening? It's, it's, and I have weird, irrational feelings. Like sometimes when, when I have a pain, I'm like worried that my, that like my, you know, legs will fall off or sure, something. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Cause it's, cause yeah, it's like, it happens so fast. And yeah, I ended up having like, uh, I think it was like meningococcal. It was some, some form of men, staph infection, some form of meningitis, but I got paralyzed. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, walk or how long were you paralyzed for? I not terribly long. I want to say like two weeks call it. And then I started once the virus, whatever it was, once they like got rid of it, then I started rehabbing and learning how to, you know, walk and all that jazz. So you had to do the full thing over again. You just yeah. finished. You just figured out. I, don't I literally you're just figured 12. this out like five and years ago. And you're like, what? Why do I have to do this again? I know. I know. I think childhood was probably helpful at that point because it was almost like I hadn't been around long enough that I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. I think I was just kind of like, all right. Yeah. We'll just learn how to walk again. We'll just figure this out. Um and I had a great physical therapist, I remember, and I, I lived with my grandpa downstairs. Um, oh. Yeah, it was really sweet. He was my papa was living with us, so we lived in the same room for a while. And I don't Every know. Every twelve year old's dream. I know to live in the same room as their grandfather. I know, and you know his obviously <laughs> his wife had just passed away, so it was like oh. we became really we became buds. It was uh it was great. Well, one thing that it's that that I'm seeing that I'm gleaning here is unlike a lot of standups, it seems like you have a very nice family. Totally, or it seems as if you guys at least were close knit, and I'm sure you had all the the fights and everything else. Sure, that goes with it, but no, I, I I have I really am very lucky to have just yeah. I had a big Greek family with like an abundance of love and yeah. connection. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I still have hip problems and I think it just, I think like anything, it just wasn't, you know, it, it was also another thing of like. Just a hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Because you've been overcoming so many throughout your whole life, which no, is No, I, I, I've awesome. had a very lucky life. You know, I feel like I've, yeah, I. Well, everyone has so many hurdles. Yeah. Any, like everyone, there is no such thing as like, it must have been a smooth road. Right. It's like, doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. You, and, and I think I used to be in a, I think that's what, I, yeah, I'm learning too, is like, there's not like getting over one thing till then you can live your life. It's like, it's just life is just, it's like sometimes, like sometimes it's shitty and sometimes it's good. And you just kind of try to ride it out and trust yeah. that, you know, 
versus like once I heal for, I think I was in that mode. Like once I heal from my dad dying, I'll be better. And it's like, I'm never going to heal from that. Right. Or once my hips, but I still have hip pain when it rains, whatever. It's like, if I waited for something to be done, I would never start the next thing. So I yeah, think it would have been good if you got into the weather yeah, um, yeah. because it seems like you're, you're like your X-Men power is like, I know when it's about to rain, my hip hurts. Yeah. That would be great. Like a spider LA, sense. Useful once a day, once a year. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like, how'd she get hired? Well, she's good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God it doesn't hurt if it's sunny because otherwise that would be a wakey totally. freaking nightmare. God, it's so nice here, isn't it? Just the it's sun. It's too nice, but it's beautiful and I love every second of it. Me too. Because where are you from? You said- oh. I'm from Wisconsin, but I was in New York for 15 years. So we we are used to shitty cold, yeah, rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I left uh, last July. So I left mid-pandemic. I drove across country with my two doggos. Oh, so you're very new here. Yeah, I've just only been here for like a year and year and some change. Oh, you have- Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so you're loving it. I don't mind it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's uh, There's less trash around, but of course I love New York and I love the people of New York. Me too. But anyway, when it comes to Too Late, oh, yes. this movie that I saw you in, um, can you talk a little bit about that process? <sighs> and we're, we're, I'm so inspired by it because it's it's low budget, yep. um, which is awesome. Yep. And it's inspiring for someone like me. And I think for a lot of people who are like, I want to make a movie, but I have no fucking money. Totally. Um, and obviously it wasn't like no budget, but it was low budget, maybe a couple million, right? I think lower than and that, yeah. Maybe even lower than that, I think, okay. I think significantly lower than that, yeah, which was pretty badass. So how was that experience? And then how was the experience seeing it get such good reviews and people being like, wow, y'all really nailed this thing? Well, I can't speak to too much because, you know, I was just... I make, I obviously a lot of my stuff is like, I'm part of every step of it. And I edit my stuff and all that. But for this movie, it was just a normal like casting process. So I just auditioned. And yeah. uh, so I, I can't quite speak to how they did with the budget, but I. Um, oh, not with the budget, just with your experience as a whole. My experience with it was, uh, I was, I think it's one, it was probably the best. It was one of the best experiences of my life awesome. for sure. I was. Yeah, I was so, so happy. You know, I loved everyone who did it. It was like all a bunch of stand-ups. Everyone was so nice. Everyone yeah. was, it was kind of every, a lot of people's first movie, I would say. Mm -hmm. No, that's not really true. But at the very least, like uh, a lot of us, the director was her first thing directing. It was oh, my okay. first time leading, uh, you know, I think Will's first time like romantic leading, you know, so it was a lot of people's first and so I think that really bonded us too, because we were all like in it together. There were not a lot of like egos or we were all sitting in green rooms together. Um, right. So it was a nice set and people got along actually. Totally. And because it was low budget, like we were, you know, we, yeah, we were all in it in like, we were all in it together. There wasn't a lot of like, now that I've done other stuff with trailers and there's more time and yeah. I don't know. It almost, it can separate you more. Whereas this, there was, you know, we were all just in the same room in it together. Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta.
And what was the what was the name of the director? D.W. Thomas. She's fantastic. D.W. Thomas. And she edited it too. Wow. And her husband Tom Becker, he wrote it. So it was like a, you know, a family affair. That's cool. incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, she has a great career of had a, uh, ahead of her as I a director. I completely agree. I completely agree. She she was so wonderful. Yeah. And then for you, you were the lead in that movie. Um, that must have been a lot to carry because I mean, it's first of all, you do have there are getting stand-ups, stand up stand-ups are not necessarily the easiest people. Yeah. Um, so like being able to like work b- with them and then also just really like shine through the entire time. That was super impressive. Was, Thanks. Were you like surprised with, you know, just how like smooth it all went or like what was that process like for you? Was it more difficult than it seemed on camera? No, no. I, I think it was like uh, kind of full circle. And I feel like I've, uh, yeah, like that feeling I had when my dad died of like, I really just want to act like this is something I've been wanting to do for forever. So I don't know, to be in this position where I, where they were trusting me to lead this movie and I got yeah. to work with amazing people every day and. I trusted the director and I loved the script. It was like, I just felt so grateful and aware every day of how grateful I was that I just, you know, I'm not really a morning person. I I love sleep. And we were, you know, we were up at 5 a.m. I didn't care. I was really, I was really just happy to be doing it. It felt like a real, like, uh, okay, this was what I set out to do. And I'm really happy that I'm here doing it. Yeah. So all of the work, I know you did uh, work in finance. You were a waitress, which you must be. If you simply a must. bartender, yeah. a waitress, or something in the service industry, you have to be. Yes. If you ever want to call yourself an entertainer at any point in your life, you must serve it's, others. You must. I firmly believe, like, I don't need, we don't need military service. No. Two years in the service industry, mandatory. I don't care if you're a it fucking would, bouncer. I agree. Whatever. It's two years. Even like the fact that's like some people don't tip. I'm like, oh my God. If ever, the, if you've ever worked in the, I mean, the idea of not tipping is like, I would break up with a friend over it. I would break up with a significant other. I, if, if I find out you don't tip, I would, it's such a core it's, oh. flaw. It's and such it means a flaw. You, oh, it's if you haven't, then you haven't worked in that. You don't know. Yeah. 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 It infers a lot. Yeah, it is it like, does. if you don't tip, you're Ooh. someone who doesn't care about others. You think yep. that you're a king or a queen who deserves right. to be treated like royalty. It's like, no, no, please God tip these people. And they're yes. not lower than you. Yes. Thank totally. God for waiters and Thank, waitresses and bartenders. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. So it was great. It was really great. And like, I, yeah, I, I have only the true fondest memories of it. And yeah. when you do those things like wait tables, uh, for specifically for too late, you know, your character is kind of running an, uh, it's an open mic, but it's also a book show, right? which is kind of classic. Um, yes. but I mean, all of those life experiences help totally. when you have to, you know, play different characters in different roles. You can kind of like channel because yes. all the world's a stage. And waiters, yes. they're like, they don't really like No, and I- Like, everything is fake. <laughs> yes, like, I remember someone saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, God, you're so happy every time I come in here. I'm like, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm fucking miserable that. right now. I'm miserable. Are yeah. you kidding? <laughs> but, um, no, and I feel like, I, yeah, to be like, that role required the, like, I was subservient. You know, I was someone who was, like, talked down to, and I was, like, someone's, you know- underling. So I think it, it helped to have a lot of experience in being in low positions of power for sure. And do you think that entertainment is changing a little bit when it comes to the cliche of like a director has to be a fucking asshole and like everyone has to be like super stressed? Is there, or maybe it's just based on every different film set, but do you feel like there, it's like a better vibe specifically working with, uh, what is it? DB Thomas, DW, DW, DW yeah. Thomas, DW Thomas. Um, is, is, do you think the entertainment industry is like shifting in a way where it's like, we don't have to be total fucking assholes. We're just trying to make art. Here. I really hope so. I really, really hope so. And I hope that like, I know, you know, I, I really hope so because, 
Yeah, that makes better art. I don't, I never see a situation where if a director's rude, that will get a better performance out of anyone. Like it's just to be kind and to, to, to be like, we're all making art together. Why is it not that? That's what it should be. We're all doing what we do best on this set. Mm -hmm. We should all respect each other. None of us can do what the other person we're all doing. And we're all without any one of us, this doesn't work. So why would any of us be rude to each other? So I I hope that that just, that I keep finding set experiences like the one I was on with DW. And of course, again, going back to the small democratization of the entertainment industry, now that there are not just a few people who wield the power and the key. Oh my God. Because when we were coming up, you know, I still remember like people who had to get you to Montreal and, you know, as we saw where the booker of that has gone lately, yes. but a lot of people were, they completed that circuit as well to get to Montreal, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But there was like so many gatekeepers and you had to like kowtow to them and Ugh. they were so mean and, and they did nothing. They didn't do anything. They got a job booking. Right. It's like Eddie Brill, who used to book Letterman. And I remember he got fired because he was like, I don't book women. And it's like, well, that's a problem that's because a problem. you can't not book women. Right. You're, you book Letterman. You can't. Like you have to have equal access for everyone to fail. Right. right. <laughs> so, hopefully, so hopefully it's gotten, you know, a little bit well, better. Right, because that. it used to be, yeah. If someone doesn't book you, then you can't do anything. Whereas now it's like, well, if someone doesn't book you, then yeah, you can go make a podcast or exactly. do your own thing. So all of a sudden, yeah, I I really hope so. I really hope it continues on the trajectory of, yeah, yeah. more, less abuses of power. That's how I always think about it. it was like, if like, yeah, if I were more powerful, would you be talking to me this way? Would Absolutely. you be treating me this way? And if the answer is like, no, then there's an abuse of power happening here. And that's not cool. Absolutely. And the nice thing is, again, with us, like coming from nothing, or at least, yes. I actually don't like to say coming from nothing because we all come from, totally. you know, we come from, totally. but we don't come from the entertainment industry. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that gives you a massive leg up because nepotism and the entertainment industry go hand in hand, like brother and sister. Hey, come on, sheet metal. That's, that's budding up. There's, there's that's a lot. For tap, if you were a tap dancer, you would have like the <laughs> world's greatest floor <laughs> but we didn't get but you didn't get into tap yeah um so when it comes when it comes to that when it comes to you go making finding your own path i mean that is just the most amazing thing and i'm just so happy that all of us get to do it now yeah. because at some point they will pay attention and uh and they'll all admit that they were wrong if they you know if you prove them yeah to, to be wrong i i you know being on the lower i mean when i got to new york i was just doing like open mics and and I'll never forget the people who are assholes totally. because then they attempt to be nicer as you get more success right. or maybe uh, they, they, they're they like, oh, I want to get on that show and or whatever. And it's right. like, so I'm going to treat them dif- differently. I'm like, I'm not mean to anyone, but I'm not going to be fucking like over the moon nice to you. I'm not going to be like, oh, thank God you like me right. now. I don't care, dude. Like you're an asshole. I know that's your true form. Because that's how you, however you treat the less of us, the least of us, that's how I think you're going to treat everybody. I think that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I think, I think, Along I think we might, with a you lot got the of beard all bullshit. of a sudden, I'm kind of getting Jesus vibes here. <laughs> Big Jesus, too fat for the cross, can't kill me. <laughs> Oh, that's shit. what I'm doing. That's what I'm gaining the weight for. But I, I do feel like the pan, the pandemic helped me with that too, of being like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. You kind of, there was no time for bullshit. It's like, who are your real friends? Who are you hanging out with? Who are, yeah. The, the, some of the power dynamic kind of floated away. There, there weren't parties. There weren't, it was just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Some and of that's the, the, the only advice I ever give is like, just the most important thing is your friends. 
And the most important thing is just hanging out with folks that inspire you and you don't feel like shit after you hang out with them. That's it. That's and it. You, just you cling shouldn't on feel to like that. shit after you hang out with people. No. That that's yeah. Cling on to that and then just hold on and you know, go for the ride. Yep. Because that's all we can do. Yep. How is it working with Ron Lynch on Too Late? <sighs> I love Ron. He is one of those guys who has had one of those careers where you look at it and you're like, oh, that's right, dude. You have been busy. He's been busy. He's he and and once you meet him, you get it because you're like, I want him on every project I ever work on. He's so funny and so he's really kind. He's a great actor. He's really funny, but he's just such like a joy. I feel like yeah. he. I don't know how to say it, but like he like breaks the fourth wall of whatever is happening, you mm -hmm, know, in a, mm -hmm. in a refreshing way. I feel like I always tell this story, but he just he would it would take him like hours to get in hair and makeup for some of those scenes. I won't spoil it, but if you watch, I know he, I so want to talk some, about the end of Too Late, but I know. you have to watch it. He gets in a lot of hair and makeup and stuff. And so he would get in like all these he would be in a chair for like three hours, set the shot, be on our mark, be almost ready to go. And then he'd just look at me and go, ah, I think I'm going to get going. <laughs> so funny, so stupid, so funny, and just yeah, just like he—I don't know—he took he all the like self-seriousness of it. He, he he, there was no, you know, he really made it like playful, and yeah, he's great. yeah, and that's why guys like that have long careers because right. people want to work with them, and um, that like goes so far. It does because you're like, yeah, that that's so fun. Yeah, you're remind you're reminding us. Yeah, we're all just playing pretend and having fun here. Yeah. Is there anything that you would want to do in the future? Any, any like role or it just kind of style of role that you want to explore? Yes. I love the role I got to play in too late. I think obviously I do a lot of like big characters where I'm like screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of Boston like rage, which is pretty good. You have it. You have it down. Yeah. A lot of rage, a lot of Boston energy, a lot of woman who's on the verge of mental breakdown, which I love. And it's really fun. And it like is certainly, yeah, it's, it's super joyful. And I love that side of things, but then I love the other side, like peeling back and playing people who are complicated and all fucked up and trying yeah. to make themselves, trying to make little moves, trying to make themselves be a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Yeah. So, you know, I like, I watched made and that to me is like, that's like the, I, lo I loved made so much that type of role What was made about it's just about a single mother who's like trying her best and, and okay. going through shit. And yeah, I really, that's, I want to keep moving in, in that direction and pushing myself to do parts that are like, you know, uh, yeah, the opposite end of the screaming kind of like yeah. uh, small and tough and yeah. Yeah. That yeah. excites me. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. And it's uh, great to be able to represent so many people out there and struggling folks when you can really channel what yeah. they're going through. I think that's what makes it so impactful. And they're like, that reminds me of me. Right. And, and that's how you make great art. And that's kind of, it's kind of funny. It's like, that's kind of the essence of stand up too. It's like yeah. trying to find, trying to find a way to connect with people, trying to find something that you've been through and make art from it. So it's all the same thing, just different sort of masks, different yeah. styles. And so I'm just excited to keep exploring you know, different types. Alyssa Limparis, thank you so much for Thanks being for on the show. Me. You were wonderful. You are. And let's see, anywhere let's direct people to you yes i know you do your instagram yeah come on instagram and then i'll be posting dates but starting in december i'm hitting the road awesome. with no bad days with my friend may wilkerson opening for me and um, and we're going all over so we'll probably be in your city but we're definitely going to so far bloomington providence new york city DC awesome. and Portland. So if you're in any Hell of those, yeah. follow me on Instagram and you'll get some updates. You can get the mushrooms, magic mushrooms in Portland now. Oh, wow. They're decriminalized. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah, I, I get 
that that's not, I, I would not do, I don't trust my brain to have anything other than <laughs> real mushrooms, but um, awesome. take mushrooms and then come to my show. Sure. That'll be fun. Hell yeah. yeah. Just don't be too loud because you're really there. Yes. We've yes. only had the, the worst hecklers we've ever had were people on acid who were just like, you're here. So then the podcast, we can see and hear you. Cause they like respond like, ah, yes. And it's like, you have to be quiet. <laughs> but whatever. All right. Alyssa Limparis, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. We'll hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, yeah, follow Alyssa on everything and support her by watching Too Late. I really think you'll love it. It's like horror comedy, really perfectly done, which is super. That's my favorite little when you can find the balance between horror and comedy. That's that's my little heaven. Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta.